We are continuing with our series, Fresh Encounters with Jesus Christ. And we are almost done, actually. We have a few lessons left, <clears throat> and then we will be done. So for those of us that are joining us uh, for the first time, we just want to remind ourselves here that here we believe that since the Bible is God's word and that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is the son of God, can we say it together, the Bible is God's word for us. We thank you, Lord, as we come before you again. We pray that you may enable us to hear your word and to obey it. We pray, Father, that you may accomplish through your word what you intend to accomplish this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take this moment to invite our pastoral ministry support team. If you can come here and come with a chair, please. Just pick a chair and come with it. There, there are some chairs in front here that you can take as well. Yeah, just up here. Yeah. Move, move, move. Very good. Thank you for your participation. <laughs> so Jesus is on his way to the cross. This day he is with his disciples in the upper room. And normally when guests came to a house, the servants in the ancient culture, in Middle Eastern culture, they would wash the feet of the guests. But Jesus did not have servants, those kinds of servants. He didn't have them in his company. And so this day as they meet in the upper room, it is also supposed that uh, if the servants were not there, then the first person to arrive would be the one to wash others' feet. But Jesus comes with his disciples to the upper room, and uh, no one takes the opportunity to wash the others' feet. And so Jesus uses that opportunity to teach his disciples a life spiritual lesson. Let me read some passages here for you. 
in John chapter 13. And this event is recorded only in John, uh, John's gospel. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. In other words, he never stopped loving his own. He never stops loving you. You can stop loving him, but he does not stop. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So here Jesus is also aware of Judah, Judas. He's aware of his intentions, and he knows that the enemy wants to use him to betray him. Look at verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. He's aware of all this. He knows that in that room, he is the most powerful person. He knows where he came from, and he knows where he is going. And he knows that he has all the power. John here wants us to know that in that room, the most powerful person was not Satan, was not Judas, was not the disciples. The most powerful person was Jesus Christ. The most confident person in that room was Jesus Christ. The most secure person in that room was Jesus Christ. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Jesus is lowering himself in the presence of his disciples because he knows who he is. One of the reasons many of us will continue to have low self-esteem and lack of confidence is because we are not sure of who we are. We have not yet fully identified with Jesus Christ. We are not yet fully appreciating what he has done for us and who we are in him. Because once you realize that you are a child of God and that regardless of everything you have done, God has accepted you, you will change the way you see yourself. 
you will walk with confidence and security, not because of who you are in yourself, but because of who you are in Jesus Christ. One of the reasons we look down upon others is because we have a problem with ourselves. One of the reasons we are prejudiced against others is because we have a problem in our own relationship with Jesus Christ. Because in God's family, there is no prejudice. God's family is a prejudice no zone. Every time you find yourself struggling to accept others because of who they are, the problem is not that other person. The problem is with you. And it is not just with you, but in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to thank God for these four men here. They are the pastoral ministry support team, and it is our hope and prayer that by the end of this year, we will probably get two or three elders from them as we work together in this, in this journey as I continue to share with them and, share, and as they share with me, as we sharpen one another. And so I want to use them right now to demonstrate to you what Jesus was doing to his disciples. I don't think the towels during that day were like this, but... Says he put it, wrapped it on, around his waist. He took off his outer garments, but I'm not. Yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't think about that. Thank you. Uh, can you take off your shoes, please? Do you know that uh, one of the reasons we really struggle to humble ourselves is because we don't really also identify with Jesus. And some of us really need to know who Jesus is in their lives for them to find the confidence that they need to have. So this is Sandy, Sandy Eisenberg. This is one of the opportunities that uh, you will remember in life. Yeah. I, I don't normally wash people's feet. I just want you to know that. But uh, Sandy... I'm not just washing your feet right now because I want to demonstrate to people this lesson. I'm serious about this. 
by washing your feet, I am making a commitment. I'm making a commitment that I'm going to be the pastor God wants me to be in your life. And so that I can help you and your wife grow and become what God intends you to be. And it is my prayer that God will help me to love you the way he loves me and the way he expects me to love you. It is my prayer that regardless of what you, you become, regardless of what you do, that I will continue to love you. And it is my prayer that God will use you as an example to other Christians and that uh, he will be glorified in your life. Abimana. Yes, Pastor. I know that uh, you know that I love you, right? Amen. And I pray that God may help me continue to be the pastor that he wants me to be in your life so that I may help you and your family become the kind of family that God wants you to be so that you can be a testimony of what God can do in families. I'm not just washing your feet to illustrate what Jesus did. I am making a commitment to love you the best way I can and to be the pastor that God has called me to be in your life. And now, Miles. I thank God for you. And I know it's not easy for you to be here right now. But I want you to know that... Uh, I really pray that God may use you, and I know that he will. And my desire is that whenever God wants to use me in your life and in your family's life, I will always be available for you as your pastor. And I want you to feel confident in the Lord. I want you to know that I pray for you and your family, and I only want the best for you and your family. And it is my prayer that God, in his own way, he will help you realize the good plans that he has for you 
and that he will use you in other people's lives even more. Al, you are one person that I have seen grow so much here. And I am I'm encouraged to see what God is doing in your life and how he is using you in helping others grow. Al, I want you to know that I truly love you and uh, I want to, to be the pastor that God wants me to be in your life. I want to see you grow to the maximum so that God may be glorified in this church and in your life and the people that he brings to your life. I pray for you. You know, when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, two things happened there. One, he came to Peter. And Peter didn't want his feet to be washed. He said to Jesus, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus said, what I'm doing now, you cannot understand, but you will understand later. He also told him, if I don't wash your feet, you will have no part with me. And Peter said, oh, if that is the case, then wash my head and my hands. I want to take a shower. And Jesus said, you are clean. You don't need to take a shower. We have a relationship already. But we have to continue having a fellowship. And Peter accepted his feet to be washed that day. And many of us here have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But because we are human and we are living in this sinful world, sometimes we fail, we sin, and sin breaks our fellowship with God. And every time we sin, we need our feet to be washed so that we can continue in that fellowship. First John chapter 1, verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Verse 8 says, If we say we have, not, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and his word is not in us. Verse 9, If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And verse 10 finishes by saying, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his truth is not in us. Jesus washed his disciples' feet, including Peter and Judas, the one who would betray him for a reason. He washed them to show them that he loves them. He continues to love. He doesn't stop. But he also shows that he wants a continual fellowship with each one of us. That's why he's willing to forgive us. That's why he's willing to cleanse us. Because he wants us to remain in fellowship with him. But he also shows that he is giving us another chance. That's what he's showing to Judas when he washes his feet. He's giving him another chance. Not just a second chance, but another chance and another chance and another chance. And finally, let me just read what he says here. In verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And listen to this. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. This has nothing to do with physically washing someone's feet. It has everything to do with us treating one another as better than ourselves. It has everything to do with the greatest among us becoming the least among us. It has everything to do with each one of us willing to forgive the other one. It has everything to do with us accepting one another despite our differences. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than he who sent him. He's also telling them that the reason he's washing them, their feet, is because he wants them to submit to his lordship, to realize that he is the master, he is the lord, and that we are the servants. Every time you love someone truly because of Christ, 
You are submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You are showing that you recognize Jesus as your Lord. And it may not be something that you like doing, but for the sake of Jesus Christ, you do it. And he finishes in verse 7 by saying, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, Christians today are focusing so much on the knowledge. That's why we argue so much. Because we know so much. Jesus says, what you know doesn't matter. It doesn't help until you start doing it. It doesn't matter how many scriptures we have memorized. All that matters are the scriptures that we obey. In fact, the only scriptures that you truly believe are the ones that you obey. You may know the whole Bible, but it's only what you obey that you truly believe. Jesus is making a point here. And the point is that love sees beyond who we are. Love sees beyond who we are. And it is my prayer that this church will be known as a church that loves. Loves because we realize and recognize and appreciate the love that we have been loved with by Jesus Christ. And anyone that is listening to us who does not know Jesus Christ, I want you to know that he's giving you a chance. Because he loves you, he is giving you a chance. He's giving you a chance to turn to him so that he may forgive you so that he may cleanse you, so that he may bring you to his family. He is giving you a chance so that you may realize that he is there for you. He is willing to accept you. And if you can turn to him today, he will accept you. If you turn to Jesus Christ, he will accept you and he will forgive you. Father, I thank you for this morning. I glorify your name. I know that you love us. I know that you can see us. You can hear our thoughts. You know our hearts. You know the struggles that each one of us is going through. You know the questions that each one of us is asking. And Lord, I pray that you may enable us to be the people that you have called us to be that, Father, you may be glorified in our lives, and that, Lord, your name may be known in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.